0: Amplifying Leadership, a podcast and place where we discuss leadership stories, challenges, and our wins. My name is Tara Lehman, and I am a partner, coach, and consultant at Twin Life Coaching and Business Services. For our leadership clients, I do aim to provide effective leadership coaching, consulting, and those workshops to help develop you, your team, and of course, to also help improve your bottom line. You can see all the details and our current programs at amplifyingleadership.ca a division of twin life coaching and business services. Today I am welcoming Jinsey George, a talent development consultant and sorry, consultant and founder of Red Rabbit Learning Services Inc. Welcome Jinsey.
1: Thank you, Tara.
0: So, as with my previous guests, I do want to ask you about where the name of your company came from. It's a very interesting name, Red Rabbit. Where did that come
1: mm-hmm. from? Mhm thank you i've had a lot of curiosity around the name of my organization <laughs> sure. so i uh, launched my organization in 2021 it's called red rabbit learning services inc um, red rabbit is actually i am my chinese um, uh, ear is that of a rabbit ah okay and um, you know a rabbit you know is is known to be one of the luckiest signs of mm-hmm. the chinese um, uh, you know ear However, a rabbit is uh, known to be docile, very conflict-averse, runs away at the first sign of, you know, conflict or anything mm-hmm. hard. And when I was starting my business, there were a lot of naysayers, um, you know, in certain areas of my life. I've been very fortunate that I had a lot of people backing me up and telling mm-hmm. me to go get it and do it. And awesome. but I also had a few naysayers around and and i was trying getting i was actually getting to a point where i was internalizing you know some of those messages around this won't work why would you leave a very good job and go start your own business this is mm-hmm. such a bad idea um how many training organizations are already out there you think mm-hmm. you can do better you know i've i've heard i heard a lot of this and i was starting to internalize it and so i you know was thinking oh maybe this is me being scared of the risk and running away and then i was kind of you know on google as we all do going down some <laughs> That's <rabbit true>. hole. <laughs> going down some rabbit hole about chinese rabbits and then i came across <laughs> uh, this myth uh, this actually this painting of the red rabbit oh. and the painting of the red rabbit um the the painter was speaking about the red rabbit is different from your usual the white brown rabbits the red rabbit is the fiercer rabbit the red rabbit ah. looks in the eye of danger the red rabbit stands at its ground and the red rabbit is does not relent and persists in the yeah. face of uh, negative negativity and i was like yep, you know what, I'm not the rabbit anymore, I want to be the red rabbit, so I, love I, it. I decided to call it the red rabbit, and, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm I'm happy today, today, two years ago, I wouldn't have imagined where I could have gone, and today, I, I, I'm i in such a good place, so yeah, that's the story behind it. I rabbit.
0: love it, it's an amazing story, and there, there's, so, there's a really good background for it, right, so that's mm-hmm, awesome. mm-hmm. So you told us a little bit about your journey and a little bit about your limiting beliefs. So is there anything else that you want to share about your leadership journey?
1: Um, so I started 16 years ago in in HR and I, um, you know, serendipitously fell into learning and development 16 years ago. And, um, you know, I've had the privilege of uh, working with different industries, I started in an IT outsourcing um, organization. And I, you know, I was training in India, I moved on to China, I worked in China, training and managing a team. Mm -hmm. And from China, I, you know, uh, moved to Canada and then I got the opportunity to work a lot with, uh, with the United States of America, a lot of organizations in the US and a lot of leaders okay. in the US. And then um, in Canada, I worked in healthcare, I worked in consulting. And then 2021, I decided to start my own organization. And um, under the banner of Red Rabbit Learning Services, I have worked with um, healthcare, developmental services, mechanical engineering, aeronautical engineering. I've worked with retail, and uh, manufacturing. So you know, I've been I've had the privilege of working with a lot of industries and leaders in a lot of industries now.
0: Sounds like, it. and it sounds like you're a world traveler too when it comes to work. That's amazing. <laughs> I love a it. Bit. Not what. <laughs> So I know you do a lot of training and even coaching. What yeah. about that is really passionate for you? What what really gets you
1: going in the morning? Ah, um, you know, I, I think um, when I became a new leader, and mm-hmm. that's where this passion comes from. When I became a new leader, I actually think that I fared very poorly as a new leader. Ooh, um, and my passion for training today comes from, I want to be able to support leaders to not make the mistakes I made when I was Mm -hmm. a new leader. Um, And uh, my biggest passion lies in actually supporting new leaders. I work oh, with that's middle great. management, I work with senior leaders, I coach senior leaders and middle management, but I also, uh, you know, run cohorts of first-time leaders, and that's actually where my passion lies, is i uh, reading, learning, researching around, um, you know, how new leaders can step into a new leadership role, step into their power, and take control. I think when I was a new leader, I really did not know how to do it. <laughs> And one of the things that happened when I was a new leader was I was made a new leader because I was a great individual contributor. Uh-huh, so and awesome. this is what a lot of organizations end up doing is that we uh, zero in on a great individual individual contributor. And then mm-hmm. we think because he or she is very good at their job, let's make them a leader. I, I'm, I'm not saying that is, that's problematic. We definitely want to select our high potentials and then push them into a yes, leadership yeah. pathway. However, we also want to be able to support them to become the strong leaders that we envision them to be. And I feel that the organizations have a role to play in supporting a new leader to take on the role. But the new leader also has a lot of things to Mm -hmm. think about. And... um, ensure that they win once they get into that role. And I think when I was a new leader, I really did not know how to support myself. And Mm -hmm. so it's become a passion for me to help new leaders, to make sure they feel supported, to make sure they win and they feel successful in their leadership roles.
0: I love it. I, I'm one of those people who used to advocate for uh, succession planning so that people have time, like three years, five years to succession plan someone that they know is a star into those leadership roles and provide them all the training or support or, you know, anything else it might be. I 100% agree with you that new leaders absolutely need that support and they need the time to get there.
1: (laughs) They do. They do. But the, the biggest, um, Irony is that new leaders don't have time. New leaders come in and they are um, drinking from a fire hose my oh, mentor sure. uh, you know i i've had the privilege of uh, being mentored by um, a lot of good people but dave mcclain david McLean, has been one of my mentors i met him when i started my job at london health sciences center and he says you know you're drinking from a fire hose this mm-hmm. is your you know and then it, that is so true new leaders are drinking from a fire hose and they don't have time most often mm-hmm. when a new leader especially if you're coming from outside an organization when you okay. come in, you are probably coming you're, the role that you're coming in for has probably been vacant for a long time given the labor market. Mm-hmm. They probably did not find anybody for a long time. And so you're coming into a role that's been vacant. So there it's you're like it's like you're the rain in the parched land. So you're coming in yeah. and your inbox is already full. With a lot of high um, stakes decisions that you need to be now making, because if they were easy decisions, your team would have already made those for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So you're coming in. You have a lot of high stakes decisions waiting for you. You are also experiencing a huge cognitive overload because imagine (laughs) coming from outside into an organization right from figuring out where the toilet is to. (laughs) That's (laughs) a good point. To figuring out what communications, you know, what what instant messaging do you guys use or what what do you do with emails or what folders do you store stuff in? You are you are just, you know, there's so much cognitive overload happening and there is no time because I remember when I had joined in as a new leader, my calendar was already pre booked for me. Right. Oh, wow. My my calendar was already loaded for me. Yeah. So I was like running with my hair caught on fire, um, <laughs> you know, from one meeting to another, really not having enough time to digest what I got in that first mm-hmm. meeting.
0: Yeah, And I think
1: a lot of new leaders are in that in that uh, place, we want to give them time. <clears throat> the irony is they have no time and they are drinking from a fire hose.
0: Yes, I would 100% agree. And Um, You know, I'm wondering what maybe you would think that a new leader should maybe focus on, say, the first 60 to 90 days where they can help to overcome these types of problems or they can learn more about their team or their organization in a way where they don't feel so much like a fire hose is being thrown at them. What are your thoughts (laughs) on that?
1: (laughs) Yes. um, So... um, I'll t- I, I will I will talk through about three things that you know sure. I you know, this is this is a podcast not a training session so I will have to learn <laughs> yeah. to reel myself in <laughs> <laughs> but I'll talk about three things see the when you are a new leader um, I talk about leveraging the honeymoon phase mm-hmm. um, this is mm-hmm. not my phrase I borrow it from Pam Fox Roll and she is a, a author of a book called Forty Two. Um, I may be quoting this wrong, but I think it's called 42 principles for new leaders, or something like oh, that. 42 okay. rules for new le- leaders. I'm probably doing, doing doing it no justice, but 42 but, is the number. 42, <laughs> 42, is, the 42 number, is the number, and I'll probably find it, send it to you, Tara. Um, and she talks about leveraging the honeymoon phase now. This honeymoon's a little different, and I don't want to overuse the phrase here, but this honeymoon's a little different, right? Because you are, like I said, drinking from a fire hose, there's a lot happening. But why I call this, or why I really liked Pam calling it the honeymoon is because you do have some of those biases playing in your favor, because you are the new person and people Mm. are... Um, you know giving you a little bit of a leeway right now as you come in as a new leader yeah so you do have 60 to 90 days you will only have that honeymoon phase for 90 days maybe 120 days but not beyond that beyond that you become one of their own right Mm -hmm.
0: so once you
1: come in you have to leverage that phase of people giving you that leeway of being the new person in the organization yeah and uh, you know one I think a big, biggest challenge for new leaders is we come in expecting the organization to onboard us. And I tell my new leaders, I tell the new leaders that I meet that onboarding into an organization is not just the organization's, um, you know, responsibility, it is your responsibility to onboard yourself absolutely so to think about what does onboarding myself look like i say that the first and most important thing is to build start building critical strategic relationships in the organization i tell new leaders to not eat alone not oh, eat alone it. so every lunch you should be sitting down with someone who is a strategic person in the organization you should be reaching out to your peer saying hey can we have lunch today mm-hmm. you should be meeting a team member sitting down with a team member. This is the time that, you know, when we talk about I have no time, you do have you have you have to strategically kind of pull the time out um, lunchtime or mm-hmm. having tea or coffee. You have to find the right people and start hanging out, talking to them upstream and downstream relationship building oh, is very, very critical absolutely. in that uh, in that honeymoon, um, you know, honeymoon phase that you are yeah. in. Um, So that's the that's one thing. So when I say onboard yourself, you have to be responsible as a new leader to be building that those critical um, those critical relationships. The other thing that I tell a lot of new leaders is start, you know, knowledge gathering. Your team will look up to you and trust you only when they feel like you are competent to have stepped into um, that role. I talk about the warriors and the warriors in your team. We have mm-hmm. both of them when we come in as a new leader. We have warriors who are up against you in arms and, you know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're like, why should we be doing this? Or why would you tell us to do that? Or what do you mean we have to now change what we were doing for the last four years, right? And mm-hmm. they're against every decision you bring down the pipeline. And then you have the warriors. The warriors are worried that you will come in and you will be one of those leaders who will clean house, shift, uh, yeah. you know, things around. Cultures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I have, um, you know, I once worked with a leader who, when she came in, she was told that the, organ- the team has a lot of, um, you know, cliques within the yep. team. Mm-hmm. And there were people hanging out and gossiping. And then she, as a new leader, she thought that, Oh, if people are, you know, becoming cliques and they're sitting together and, you know, gossiping, I should change the way they all sit. So she came in on a weekend and she shifted everybody's seating arrangement. And the thing is, that kind of a, that kind, that was uh, a nail in her coffin as a new leader because Mm, you immediately lose trust. You immediately... Um, you know, lose followership as a new leader, because some of the new leaders, one of the things they do is they move too fast.
0: That is kind of a nail in the coffin, because, you know, everybody wants to be able to be comfortable where they are, at least, at least for the first 90 days that somebody's there before there's any major changes. And it almost feels like school, where they would move people around to get rid of the clicks or, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, you eventually could, you know, do a reorganization of, the area or something um but you're right maybe not in the first 90 days yeah
1: no that is why i i said the second thing that i want new leaders to focus on is knowledge gathering and not immediate action Mm -hmm. right michael watkins calls it he says get small wins under your belt not big wins you know moving things around too fast too soon they are uh, big things, and you don't want to be jumping and doing big things. Get your small wins under your belt. Gather knowledge as a new leader. Get to know your team. Understand, you know, what's the, what's the, you know, what are the hot buttons of the people who are in your team? How do they like to work? Some of them need micromanagement. Um, and I am not a big pro. I'm, I'm, a, I actually do not. Uh, endorse micromanagement at all but i'm saying some of them require you to be very very involved with them Mm -hmm. and they need you to be involved as a leader but some of them do not want you to be involved just tell me what to do and leave me alone and Mm -hmm. for you as a new leader for you to understand how your team functions you need those first um few months to kind of soak in and understand so I always tell them don't move into quick actions take it slow but you're also not sitting on the ledge of caution and being inactive Mm -hmm. you are in fact very active but you're active in the sense of gathering knowledge and information so I tell new leaders more quiet time as you are in meetings as you are in team, um, you know, one-on-ones, because you're soaking in information.
0: I am a huge advocate for active listening. It's one of the big things I talk about with communication, because, you know, that famous quote is, you have two ears and one mouth so that you can listen more than you speak. I mean, that's one of my favourites. And, you know, (laughs) when it comes to to another point that you made, which is talking to all levels of the organisation, is something I push hard because... Um, You know, everybody has different ideas, different concerns or challenges. And if we only listen to our level of the organization, we're missing out on huge, huge feedback that we need in in order for organizations and teams to grow.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's Mm -hmm. so
0: important to make those all those connections. And one thing I tell people is, you know, if you're walking down to go to that bathroom and you see somebody you don't know, like an employee you've never met before, don't put your head down. If anything, smile and say hi, you know, just to make them feel included and welcome. And that makes you also become more aware of who's around you as a new leader. So yeah. love all those points.
1: Um, yeah. So now
0: I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. A lot of new leaders are coming into our new world. And our new world could be remote teams, it could be hybrid teams, it could be all in-house teams. So let's talk about like the hybrid and the remote, because that is something that is huge right now. And I know people are coming back, but hybrid seems to be a go-to. So how can new leaders get to maybe know those other people on their teams if they are remote or hybrid? What are your thoughts on that?
1: In mm-hmm. the minute you said that it reminds me of one of my ex-bosses and how much he hated the term the new normal. Oh. <laughs> the new you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it isn't the new normal. My my husband's been working from home for the last twelve years, right? He's oh, been wow. in, a, in a hybrid work environment for the last twelve years. So yes, the pandemic accelerated it. And mm-hmm. the good thing about the pandemic is a lot of organizations realized that you don't need everybody to be at work to be mm-hmm. working, right? You can work from remote places. So leading hybrid teams is one of the training programs that I constantly. I'm asked to do a lot of clients reach out and say, can you do some work on leading hybrid teams? So again, it is definitely an area that I, um, you know, I talk a lot about and I, and I work a lot, a lot around. So, you know, I will pick a few things when it comes to leading hybrid team. The biggest thing that is at stake when it comes to leading hybrid team, especially with leaders is connection. Oh, yes. Right. We have the ability to connect with people who are at work because we see them, like you said, on the way to the bathroom yes. or at the water cooler or you know, you are, yeah. you know, at the microwave. Right. Yeah. You do see the people. And what can happen with a lot of leaders who work in, um, who work you know have a hybrid team is that you experience something called the proximity bias which is Mm -hmm. you start being biased to people who are around you Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of research that shows that the best projects get get given to the ones who are in the office because it's proximity right you the ones in the office are the ones who who get the first um, sneak peek into critical Mm -hmm. decision-making. They are the ones who are called in for quick meetings. Hey, can we have a quick hurdle? That quick, not hurdle, sorry, huddle. Huddle. (laughs) The huddle, um, The quick huddle happens with the ones in the office. Agree. Yeah. Right. So connection is the biggest thing that is at stake, I feel, when you have a hybrid team. So the leaders who have hybrid team, they have to be very, very conscientious of how am I connecting with those who are not here with me in Mm -hmm. the office? Yeah. So. I suggest, you know, every meeting that you have in, you have as a leader, those meetings have to happen on an online platform like a Zoom or whatever you use. So everybody is included in that meeting, mm-hmm. both yeah. the people around you and the people who are, you know, in, in remote locations, everybody should be together. And when people are in remote locations, connect and connect often, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because it is that, you know, we talk about out of mind, out out of sight, out of mind. And that happens so often, uh, you know, so often with leaders. Now, Tara, it is either out of sight, out of mind, or what I have seen a lot, and I coach a lot of leaders against this behavior, which is the minute you are out of sight, now i want to check in with you 3000 times in a day because (laughs) I don't trust you. Yes, yeah, just the constant check-ins. The constant check-ins. I mean, I, um, you know, I I uh, ended up hating the ringtone or whatever it's called, the notification tone of the Teams, Microsoft oh, yeah. Teams, yeah. <laughs> uh, during the pandemic because, oh my God, like the follow-up and the Teams calls, right, like started getting to me so mm-hmm. much. Um, and it's that lack of, tr- it comes across as a lack of trust. Yeah, So absolutely. I tell you know, I tell leaders, you give somebody a critical project to do. And if you in your in the back of your mind, you're like, Oh, my God, it's critical, I really need to know where it is. Don't be a tiger in the bushes and keep jumping up at people. Mm-hmm. Right. And this happens a whole lot on teams as well. Human beings do not react well to uncertainty. Mm hmm. No, we, we know that our, our brains are triggered by uncertainty. Yeah. And one of the things that I always tell, you know, my leaders is human beings prefer the certainty of misery over the misery of uncertainty. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell me I'm going to be in pain, but don't, you know, spring pain at me. Mm-hmm. and. The team calls that come often and, you know, to check in because you're doing something critical, that is uncertainty and it triggers people. It sends mm-hmm. them into that fight-flight-free syndrome very, very quickly. Um, so I tell leaders, if you are giving something and it is, it is time critical and it is a high-stakes project, build in the time for check-ins as soon as you're giving that in.
0: Exactly. Schedule
1: it. Schedule it. And you know what? The people who are in your proximity, who don't work remotely, they should also not be penalized because they work next door to you. Mm -hmm. Like you would drop in and keep knocking at their doors and going, hey, where are you with that? No, schedule Mm -hmm. the check-in. Make it certain that Jinsi is going to check in with me every two days at 10 a.m. And I know it and I'm prepared for that check-in. Schedule it right and and that's one thing that i tell leaders when you have a hybrid team it's the extremes that are problematic one which is i don't see you so i don't connect with you or i do too much and i get in the way of you delivering and i also send you a subliminal message that i don't trust you yes yeah i i agree yeah Mm -hmm. and the and the um you know the other thing that i find people struggling with when they are actually leading uh, hybrid teams is that they um, do not front load expectations. And I talk about front loading expectations in a lot of my work as well. Front loading expectations looks like when I take my child to the supermarket and I can tell you I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. When I take my (laughs) 5 year olds to the supermarket with me, I tell my five-year-old right as we get in, I say, you can go to the toy aisle and hold a toy uh-huh. while we are in the market picking things up, while we are in the store picking things up. But when we are leaving the store, we're going to leave the toy behind. <laughs> That's awesome that good idea. idea. Right? And my five-year-old goes, I have to leave it behind. And I'm like, yes, baby, we are not buying the toy. You can hold it till we are here. And knowing my shopping sprints, you were going to be there for an hour. hour. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, hold the toy. But we are not taking it home. That's front-loading expectation. So when I get to the checkout, my child's not throwing a fit because Mm -hmm. he couldn't take the toy home. My child knows that was the expectation that we're going to leave it behind. So he leaves it behind. And I'm not dealing with a crying, flaying child at the checkout. Yeah. And I can tell you with my first child, I did not know anything about front (laughs) clothing. I wish
0: I knew. I wish I had thought about that when my child was (laughs) young.
1: And I had a lot of times at the checkout with a lot lot of people staring at me for bad parenting. (laughs) So... That is what it looks like even in leadership. Front-load expectations if people are sitting in a remote location and working with you. Tell them when you give them a project what your expectations are. What are the expectations around meetings? What are the expectations around cameras being switched on during meetings? Mm -hmm. That's such a big topic. And I work with one organization that tells me, oh, we are totally okay with people having no cameras on and we want to give them their privacy. And I work with another organization and they will be like, can you please tell them to switch their cameras on? We want them <laughs> on camera. Right? So I have worked with both extremes. But what are your expectations around the thing? Front load them. Don't expect them to read your mind and know that this is your expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that would mean spending time with your people right like you it's can't Again, find the no connection connection spend time connect and you know even weave that connection in weave those coffee meetings in I know a lot of organizations that do coffee chats on a Thursday mm-hmm. and that's I feel like a great way to to do the connections but now we are post pandemic you know if you're in the same city call the person and say hey do you want to go grab lunch do you want to yes. get coffee with me and do that kind of a connection as well you know so you're not always on a virtual on a virtual platform.
0: One thing that um, I started back in oh my goodness 2000 or 2001 in my corporate life is we had salespeople across Canada there was only I think five or six of them but Mm -hmm. you know they can the person in BC feels so remote because the next closest person say in Manitoba somewhere yeah so So what I started and back then it was phone calls until it turns into the video Um, I started just a weekly Friday meeting where everybody got on a call including people from the office that were key to sales so maybe a customer service and marketing myself and our president at the time and and until I was running Canada Um, You know, we just would all get on and it makes that connection for them so they know that we're here for them and that we want and that they can hear what's going on with us because, you know, if we had a major safety project going on, we want their feedback and maybe it affects them in whatever way, Um, you know, they need to know what's going on so I, I love that. Um, connection, making sure, you know, even way back then that we were making some sort of connection with those employees who are naturally remote and not just because of COVID, for example.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. So let's, let's uh, wrap up our conversation today. Um, Mm -hmm. What would you say would be like the biggest tip you would give to our audience, the biggest leadership tip that you might have?
1: Oh my God, I struggle with this question so much. because
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's so many, I know.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's so many. I think my biggest tip to my audience will be practicing humility as a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, A leadership role is uh, a responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a title. It's a responsibility. Practice humility and humility looks like asking your people what's the right next step because they know- yeah wow. they know be the reasonable rational you know be 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 that leader who understands that his or her team their team has reasonable rational individuals and asking for input and you know i do a lot of uh, psychometric assessments and we know mm-hmm. a lot of personalities when we do psychometric assessments are um, naturally they they are they Our type A personalities, they go too fast, they are driven, Mm -hmm. they get results for the organization. That's all a good thing. But what happens when you are one of those results driven, get going, let's move it kind of a leader is that you sometimes become so restless and overly dominating and you can sometimes not wait around and get people's input and you become across as rash. And I tell leaders to take a pause, that pause, you know, the powerful pause that is required in leadership and then shift to humility. How can I, in in this role of mine, understand that people who work with me are very, very capable? And how can I Mm -hmm. pause, ask for their input? How do I practice humility as a leader? And I think with humility, a lot of things will come. Uh, With humility, uh, I feel that the ability to listen comes because you know that you are not the fountain of all wisdom and knowledge. People in your teams have so many things to share. Absolutely. Uh, Right? With humility, the... Ability to learn about biases and inclusion and equity. Yes. yes. That Diversity. With yes. Humility. Yes. Uh, with humility comes the ability to understand that being accountable is not just the job of the person in your team, but also your role as a leader to teach people how to be accountable, to put mm-hmm. the guardrails for people to be accountable comes with leadership humility. So Mm -hmm. I feel that leadership humility is key and that will be the biggest, um, that's the tip that I can give to leaders. Yeah, I love it because when I do,
0: when I do my training about, you know, feedback, it's not just about you providing feedback. It's about actually asking your employees, how am I doing as a leader? Or what do you guys think about this project? I 100% agree with you on that. It's so important. And it's like what we've been talking on and off today about that connection, about that networking with all levels and with your team. So absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, how, if somebody wanted to know more about you or your company, how would they reach you?
1: Oh, okay. I like that question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I liked all your questions. I like uh, that question. I, I, You know, I have a LinkedIn uh, profile, and I think that's uh, the best place to reach me, you know, send me a message, and I'm happy to connect. Uh, I stay pretty active on LinkedIn, I would think. And okay. the other place is jinsi.george uh, at redrabbitlearning.ca, um, my name, and, you know, uh, redrabbitlearning.ca. I don't know if that's easy for people to remember, but LinkedIn is the best place, I think. <laughs>
0: And her name is Jincy J-I-N-C-Y, George. And you can find her on LinkedIn. Thank you, you. Jincy. Awesome uh, conversation today. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Tara. It's my pleasure. And this is my first podcast. So this will always remain special to me. Thank you, Tara. Oh,
0: awesome. Well, thank you to Jinsi and, of course, to our listeners. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you are in need of some leadership coaching, consulting, or workshops, or even just want to be a guest on my podcast, please reach out to me at, tara at twinlifecoaching.ca. To find out more about all our leadership services, please visit amplifyingleadership.ca, a Twin Life Coaching and Business Services division. Until next time, please be safe and be an amazing leader or leader to be.